And uh, Tyler's got plenty to say today, and so do I on this show. Uh, Tyler said he was going to school me today. I got a little excited, and I said, oh, it's going to get competitive. Look, I got to say this before we get into the main stuff. Look, bottom line is this. Aaron Rodgers can suck it? Yep, that's a good point. We might get into that later. Not quite sure. (laughs) Bottom line, the main thing I got to say, just so people understand, it's not a bad pick. Detroit Lions' first pick is it's not a bad pick. And honestly, with this organization and this team this year, no pick's probably going to make us great. I get that. I totally understand that part. Do I like the decision to go this route? I don't, but I get the decision. This organization has made a stand that we are going to build from the bottom up. And I understand that, and I kind of respect it. I do. The problem I have is in NFL today, you got to have guys that can put the ball in the end zone. Guys like Tyreek Hill are really cool to have. Guys like Patrick Mahomes that can make five or six guys miss them throw the ball to Kelsey are very important to have. We don't Ooh, have French. that. I know, I know we're not going to get that right away also. But the problem I have is I thought we were pretty good at O-line, and I think that this organization does need one guy that can pop out, and I thought it was Tua last year. I understood why they took Okuda last year. I didn't like why they took Okuda, and by the way, Okuda stunk to join up this year. But the thing I want to say before we let Tyler really get into this is, at some point, if, if it takes a few years to get to this point, that's okay, but at some point, you've got to get a named guy. You have got to get a guy that played in the SEC and won the Heisman or, you know, put up big-time numbers on the biggest stage. You're going to have to get that because you're not going to win a lot of football games unless you get that because everybody else is getting that. So I'm a little concerned. I understand the move. This organization has proved their point pretty strongly. Uh, and I'll let Tyler take it from here. Look, uh, right right now I love the setup of this team. Um, not, I mean, I like the direction that this team is headed. I think that the fixes that can be made, they're not going to all be made in one year. I think you need to focus on defense the rest of this draft. If a player like Rondale Moore becomes open, that's great. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, I love... I love the Penesuel pick. And the more I think about it, the more I love. And, you know, part part of it is the reason why you mentioned is that this is a team that is not going to magically overnight become a Super Bowl contender. So you need to sit there and you need to get guys who are going to protect who your number one is. And I think part of the reason I've been so cool with this pick is because this allows Detroit to suck for a year. He's not going to turn around and, you know, result in 10 touchdowns or anything like that. I This allows Detroit to suck for a year and the next year, you're pretty much going to have your pick of what quarterback you want to use, of what quarterback you want, whether it be JT Daniels or uh, the kid from North Carolina, uh, Howell, who uh, 
right now is being projected as, you know, the number one QB off the board next year. And it gives you that opportunity to get one of those guys. And when you look at what the Lions did, the reason they did not, when uh, they were trying to uh, evaluate how they were going to approach this draft, they tried to trade up to the number four spot, not to take Kyle Pitts, but to try to get Jamar Chase, who, by the way, I know uh, Jeremy's issue, one of uh, his issues with Suo is that he sat out for a year. Jamar Chase also sat out for a year. Detroit was going to get a guy who sat out for a year, even if they traded back three or four spots and decided to snag up Micah Parsons as the linebacker. So they were going, Detroit was going to get a guy who sat out for a season, regardless who, where, or whatever it was, whether it was Chase at four, whether it was Parsons at 10 or 11, or whether it was Sewell at number seven. And so I, they went with the approach, get the best player available. I don't always agree with that approach, um, but to build that line, Give your running back time. You talked about Patrick Mahomes and having guys like Kelsey and having guys like Kyrie Kill and Mahomes' mobility. Jared Goff doesn't have mobility. And so he needs to stay he like he needs to stand up in the pocket and he needs to throw that thing. When he is under pressure, when you look at all the starting quarterbacks across the league last year. No quarterback had their rating drop more under pressure as opposed to, you know, a clean pocket. No quarterback had their rating drop more than Jared Goff. All right. Goff is not going to lead this team to a Super Bowl anyways, but this is going to help the quarterback to be named later whenever that is after uh, Goff's time in Detroit is over, whether it's next year or whether it's in two years, it's going to help that young kid have a clean pocket. You can go, you can get a receiver in free agency next year. You can get your quarterback next year. And all of a sudden your offense looks really, really good. It looks really good. I I like, the, the things about it, like, you know, Tyler and I, we talk off air, and it's like, there's a lot I have to say off air, and, and we're not going to debate here. Like, that's not what we're doing, but here's the problem I have. This isn't even me talking to Tyler about this. This is me talking to you, Lions fans. At some point, our attitude has to change, too, and I'm getting really tired of saying this every year. Well, you know, if, if Jared Goff, you know, he probably will stink it up, so, you know, let's just move on to the next quarterback. When, at some point, does this organization say, um, we need to get a stud, and we need to make that stud work, and we're going to have to stick with him. Like, Matthew Stafford was a really good quarterback. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, he's not Drew Brees. He's not Tom Brady. Like, he's not elite. He's not Aaron Rodgers. But he was really good. Calvin Johnson was big time. Elite at wide receiver. Is Kenny Galladay elite? I don't know. I mean, he's really good at times. Marvin Jones, is he elite? No. So it's not like we're losing stars, but we're losing guys that are better than the guys we're getting in return right now. That's the worry I have. Like when you lose Slay and you bring in Okuda and he stinks, I got a problem with that. Now, Okuda, I'm going to give him a pass. Like I'm DeAndre Swift. 
he was hurt a little bit last year, right? I'm going to give him a pass. They're first-year players. We don't know how good they'll fully be. I'm not going to rip a guy in year one. The only guy I'm going to rip in year one is Mel Tucker. But other than that, the, the, the thing I wanted to make sure that is very known here, we needed wide receivers. And we need a good wide receiver because we lost our two best ones. And mm-hmm. when you bring in a guy like Tyrell Williams and he's your number one and he didn't have stats last year, I'm a little worried about that. But Tyrell Williams, by the way, is a pretty good football player. In 2019, he had 42 catches for 650 yards, I believe. Maybe a little less or a little more than the yards that I just said. But, but bottom line, he didn't have a ton of catches, but he had a good amount of yards. Big body, 6'4", 205. And, and, you know, Perriman is not Brett, but he made some catches and made some plays, and he looked good at times. And I still believe Quinta, you know, Quintez Cephas can be okay. Now, what are we going to draft? Because, Tyler, when I look at free agents, there's a couple good receivers there. I don't see any of them coming to Detroit. I think you're right about defense, but we're going to have to draft a receiver, in my opinion. Do you think that's part of it, or you're like, eh, I'm not really worried about offense this year. Let's just go strong on defense, and then the next year we'll get receivers. I'm saying strong on defense, then next year you worry about the receivers. Look, uh, if you can get one big-time receiver, which could potentially be possible, especially when you look at everything Detroit's going to have, Tyrell Williams is a really good number two receiver. Tyrell Williams is a good number two receiver. Uh, Quintez Cephas can be a good three or four. And right. if and I there is one receiver like I uh, said earlier that I would make an exception for, and that's Rondale Moore. I think Rondale Moore would be phenomenal to have in the slot. Uh, someone you got to keep an eye on. Barry Barry Sanders likes. Uh, obviously, uh, he's a receiver, so there are differences in regard to um, speed and in regard to strength. Barry had a little more power. But he had more power than what he looked like he had. Rondell Moore, the same thing. He has more power than what he looks like he has. Because he, he does not look like a football player. And so if you walk out with a group of free agent receiver number one next year, Tyrell Williams, Quintez Cephas, and Rondell Moore, that is a pretty good receiving group. I like it. And so if you can just... And Rashad Perriman, obviously. So if you can manage to keep that group together as a core, and even if Rondell Moore is not a part of it, so like Quintus Cephas is still a good one, Rashad Perriman is still a good receiver. Like, obviously, they're not, you know, great receivers, number one, number two receivers, or anything like that. But if you have that ability to keep that core together and then get a number one next year, because there's not a lot out there. Your best shot at getting a number one receiver was to keep Kenny Galladay, who's just, you know, his stock continues to rise whenever he's available to play. Then then you have a great receiving core, top to bottom. It's one of the better ones in football. You know, it's not Tampa Bay or anything like that, but it's a really good group. It's a young group. It's a group all on the rookie deals. And then you're or all on uh, free, cheaper free agent deals because there, there was such a talented group of receivers that were available this year in free agency. So I say you address the number one receiver spot next year. 
You, you yeah. address it next year. You do it through free agency, <laughs> and you get that number one pick through a quarterback because, look, Jared Goff, he's not going to win, and I know you're sick of Lions fans having that mentality, but he, he could barely win with a great defense, the best running back in football at the time in Todd Gurley, and good receivers uh, like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. And but, but so the- he, he he's not going to turn around and win with, you know, Quintez Cephas and Tyrell Williams and DeAndre Swift and just a completely booty defense. So they need to address their defense the rest of the way. Um, You know, you have – yeah, and, uh, one guy I forgot to mention in all this, and I kind of forget because, you know, he's not – a wide receiver. TJ Hawkinson can, he can be Travis Kelsey. He, well, he would, has that potential would, to be a Travis Kelsey type guy. And uh, Jeremy Hill's a good backup tight end as well. So I like this offense. They need a little more star power. Get it next year. Don't sit there and fill a spot to fill a spot. Come in with a plan. Know what you're doing. You've got two or three years to try to right the ship and be competitive. Aaron Rodgers is going to be packed out to Denver, is my guess, uh, come June 1st when uh, Green Bay can split up the salary cap hit that they're going to end up taking. And this division is going to be wide open. Well, I I don't know how wide open it's going to be. I mean, I think the Bears are going to crush us for a few years. And I think they have three quarterbacks they can choose from. And that's a nice little luxury. I, I think the biggest thing that people are missing out is, look, at some point you have to look at Devontae Smith and players like that. Like, this draft has been incredible. I mean, these these talented, skilled position players in this year's draft are a dime a dozen, Tyler. I mean, you don't get this very often. I mean, when you get a, a Heisman Trophy winner, and he's not, he, he's not even – look, he wasn't even picked before the other guy who was hurt. I mean, that's how loaded wide receiver is, and he's on his own team. I mean, Devontae Smith – I don't care what anybody says was the best pick to make for the Lions. It was the best pick to make. This guy is a big-time player. He takes over two different ways. He can play slot or outside. It doesn't matter. You need wide receivers. You lost your two best ones. You already had an offensive line that was looking pretty solid, and you could have picked up another O-line, and that wouldn't have been Sewell, but could have been manageable. And I think right now, that's the route you're going to have to take. Now, Tyler, I get it. If you want to wait and wait and wait, that's fine. If you only want to wait one more year, that's fine too. But or you or that organization at some point has to say we got to have something up our sleeve that nobody's seen coming, and we got to get some star power somehow, or a guy that we just know is going to be. And none of us know. I know that, but a guy that we feel really, really confident is going to be a big time player, and we can get him in the second or third round. Look. Nico Collins, I know you're not probably high on him because he's a Michigan guy. It's another receiver, though. He's not a slot, though. you got to have a slot. That's why I wanted Smith because I just felt like, you know, he can play in those small areas. He's silky smooth. I love that. I thought for sure. And the guys on TV were saying the same thing. I mean, they're like, this is perfect. I mean, this is perfect for him. He comes in. He will be their best receiver by far. And I think it would have been big. Now, I understand, though, the things you're saying. Like, I get those. But we are going to have to make some moves eventually. Like, I'm looking at the top 100 free agents. Uh, Stills is a wide receiver available right now. I mean, you know, I don't think there's a chance in hell we could get him. But 
you know, unless something changed the other day, I see him just a few days ago. He's a free agent. Whatever you got to do to get someone like him to come is important. Now, would I have liked Galladay to come back? Yes. Would I have liked Slay to stay? Yes. That's not the, that's not this organization. Well, the, the, the Slay thing, the Slay thing, it's hard, it's hard to tie it together because it's a new regime. The Darius Slay no, thing was under Matt Patricia. Just about to say, I was just about to say. The Quintricia thing, that's their problem. They picked Okuda. Like, I think Okuda may be better. Like, I really think I was hard on him last year. I got to give him a pass. You get a pass. I also am going to say, look, Detroit Lions fans, this year is a pass as well. And if you're going to say that's a great pick, well, then you better not complain all year. Because if you don't pick up anybody in free agency at wide receiver or you don't draft any wide receivers, you are going to have nobody to have a big play as wide receiver. You can move the ball down the field, but when we lose close games to average to mediocre teams or bad teams, Tyler, I don't want to hear it from the Lions fan. Because when you lose 17, 14, 13, 16, because you don't have playmakers. That's why you lose. If you have playmakers that make a couple big plays, you win those games. Now, I know what those Lions fans are saying, because this is the new Lions fan thing. Well, we don't want to win. We want to get better draft picks. Well, what the hell are we doing then? Are we trying to win, or are we just trying to win in the draft? I mean, what are we going to be, Michigan football? We want to win in the offseason? I mean, I don't want to. I mean, that's my problem, Tyler. That's why I get so mad, because the Atlanta Falcons need a lot of help on the offensive line, too. And they said, screw that. We're going pits. And the Lions tried to make moves from what I've heard, and you told me this. And the Falcons said, oh, we're going to do whatever it takes so we don't lose that. So that tells me a lot. There's certain organizations that think like me and say, no, 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 F that. I want playmakers. Okay, well, let well let me say this. Atlanta sucks. So, like that, that, I mean, so, so, do, so do the Lions. But the Lions have a new regime. Um, guys who have been successful before, guys who weren't just so stuck up in the Patriot way that they thought that whatever they did, you know, their crap would stink. And so I think that, you know, if you sit there and, you know, you hear everybody who knows the NFL talking about it, oh, Atlanta can go pits all they want. I think they should trade down. Because what's going to end up happening is you're going to start losing games 42 to 35. And Detroit's defense is so horrendous as it is. You get Smith, guess what? You're going to lose games 42 to 21 because you also don't have a line to give Goff time to get the ball to Smith. Because, like I said, Goff's QBR is affected like nobody else's business. You, The bottom line is despite the fact that the game has evolved and a it's lot. more of this yeah and it's more the speed and space and it's more the passing stuff and it's more you know uh set up for people like you to think that yeah we yeah Detroit should have taken Smith even though it's set up more like that you well we referenced the Kansas City Chiefs and you talked about you know getting a guy like Tyreek Hill who's a burner and McCole Hardman who's a burner and all those guys who can take the top off and all that type of stuff. You you can have those guys, but when you don't have the offensive line, it doesn't matter when you go against a good defense. And you saw that in the Super Bowl 
last year without Eric Fisher, without Dauvernay Tardif, who, you know, props to him for uh, sitting out last season, opting out, going to fight COVID on the front lines in Canada. And then without Mitchell Schwartz, who got hurt, like, was it the divisional round? Maybe the divisional round of the playoffs last year. You lost your three offensive linemen, and guess what? You got your butt kicked. Well, I you got your butt kicked, and Mahomes sat there, and he ran around for his life. Mahomes made throw after throw, play after play, but wasn't as efficient because he was getting knocked in the mouth. Jared Goff doesn't even have that mobility to stay upright if something like that were to happen on an average Detroit Lions offensive line. Yeah, you got a budding star in Frank Ragnow and stuff like that. You don't have, but you don't have a good offensive line still. It is good now. It might be great now. And that's going to help a quarterback who, who, even though I view him as arguably the most expensive bridge quarterback of all time, that's going to help a quarterback who can't freaking lift his feet off the turf. And <laughs> well, yeah. He's not fast. Like, that's, like, I'll agree with no, you on he's that. A, he's a Coke machine with a head. <laughs> and so I think that, uh, I think to build a line shows that, you know, you have uh, faith in him to get the ball to the receivers that he has, even though they're not great. To build the line shows you want to protect your quarterback. And to build the line shows you're trying to build this team. You're trying to build it for a future quarterback. And you're going to see what is available. And if it's a quarterback who, like Jared Goff, can't freaking move, then it's going to be very beneficial for him. You'll have guys like Swift. Uh, You have, like I said, a good group of two to five receivers. You know, you still need that number one, obviously. Address it in free agency next year. See what's out there. There's going to be some studs. There's so many good receivers in the league because the game is designed to space these players out to have success. And that's why I think that's part of the thing that goes with the evolution of the game is you can find these receivers pretty much anywhere. And so maybe spend, like I said, maybe spend a pick on Rondale Moore. And I'm saying that mostly just because I love watching that kid play football. Maybe spend a pick on Rondale Moore. Take the rest defensively. And uh, because your defense is what needs the most help. Your offensive, those receivers, they're not great. They're not those number one guys, but they're still good. Your defense sucks. You need to address your defense if you want to have any chance of whenever this new quarterback comes in, whoever it may be, whether it be JT Daniels at Georgia or the kid from UNC, whenever that new quarterback comes in, that way you're at least ready. You have everything in place because if you go out and you draft a quarterback, this is what I said uh, a while ago. Um, I think Wilson is the second best quarterback in this year's draft. That's not hard to argue. Um, Obviously, people have their different opinions around fields and stuff like that. But I also said that he is inevitably going to be a bust because he's in New York. Because they don't have the weapons, they don't have the line, they don't have the running back. 
They they do not have any of those pieces in place. And that's why people think Sam Darnold still has a little bit of time left in hoping that in the Carolina was hoping that the Jets didn't completely break him is because he has nothing. He has absolutely nothing when he was in New York. When you look at what he has now, he has Christian McCaffrey. He has DJ Moore. He has some talent in Carolina. And I think he could be a good football player. But he wasn't with New York, and that's because no matter how good you are, if you don't have the stuff around you, it doesn't freaking matter. And so you need to have that offensive line. You need to have that defense. You can get your receiver next year, and that will help build up uh, the confidence of whatever rookie quarterback you end up taking first. I I like the direction the Lions are going. I like this pick. I know it's still early in the draft. And uh, you heard Brad Holmes say they're going to take the best player available no matter what. Sewell was a top five pick. Sewell was a top five pick. I think he was probably the fourth best prospect behind Pitts, Lawrence, and Wilson. I I don't think there's any knock. There's no one that knows football would knock Sewell because he's a great player. You know, he does all the things that you want on the offensive line. And and look, it's it's not a fact. Like it's very easy for me when I am disappointed with this. It's not that I'm disappointed in the player we're getting. I'm disappointed because I don't want to sit here and wait over and over and over and over every year to rebuild. Like we've been in rebuild though, so I'm being selfish. I get that. I want to win. I like to win. And and I'm not saying that Devontae Smith is going to win us a Super Bowl. I don't want to talk. See, I get so mad with these Detroit Lions fans. Talk about Super Bowls. Look, dude, you know how hard it is to win a freaking Super Bowl? Not many people can say that unless you're Tom Brady. But the bottom line is I'd like us to be competitive. Like, I'd like us to make the playoffs. And, you know, everyone's ripping Jared Goff. Well, yeah, he wasn't great. He wasn't a primetime player. But he has been in the playoffs a few times. He's been in the Super Bowl, right? So, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like let's not just throw him to the trash yet. You know, I mean, they've already been talking about him. Perriman's mentioned his arm strength. Look, sounds like a Michigan football fan comment. I mean, everybody can brag about arm strength and how good a guy is when the when you line up and you and you have nobody to throw to besides Tyrell Williams or Nockinson. <laughs> you know, we'll see how good you are, buddy. But, you know, bottom line, really, with all of this is at least we know the direction they're headed. We know that they're saying, we're going to rebuild. We know we can start with our O-line. They were good last year, but they weren't great. But I think that O-line could be better even with playmakers. That's the thing that nobody wants to mention. If you got a running back, like, hey, Kamara from the Saints, he makes everybody look kind of good. I mean, you know, he makes the right cut, and, you know, you just kind of blocked well. Like, I always tell these guys that are the football geniuses, like the, the common theme I've been getting all day from, you know, you know these articles Tyler is the Lions fans saying anybody knows that or anybody that knows football knows that it starts up front it's like dude we all get that you can't have a terrible line but it's really nice to have guys like Kamara that you just go snap me the ball on Drew Brees and bang I just pitch it out to you and you run for 80 yards like you know they show the highlight Tyler of Etienne is, is comparing they're comparing Travis Etienne to him and they, they show the clip. Drew Brees gets the snap. It's a second half. He just throws it out to him. And Kamara made seven guys miss. 
it's like, oh my God, that offensive line, Jesus, if they didn't have such a good O-line, they never would make it. They're keeping Drew Brees alive. Like, are you kidding? Part of me also well, is saying... Go back, and, go back and look at Drew Brees' yards per attempt over the last couple of years. It indicates that they're getting rid of the ball a little bit quicker. And yes. the reason that... And the, and the reason he's doing it is, A, because he's older. Uh, he was losing arm strength and stuff like that. So the plays became less important around uh, around a good offensive line. You don't have the accuracy to pull those types of quick plays while the defense is set to with Jared Goff. You don't have that. It's really well, hard what to are find guys like that. But let me ask you this question. And I've been asking Lions fans this, and nobody has an answer for me on this one. And I think you probably will. Okay, so if Jared Goff sucks that bad. Yeah. And he's terrible because everybody hates this guy, and he hasn't played a snap yet for us. What do you do on offense then? Okay, like that's my question. If he stinks that bad and we have no wide receivers, what the hell are we going to do then? I mean, we have a good well, offense. What you're, what, what you're, what you're going to do is you're going to take TJ Hawkins. Hawkinson first in your fantasy draft. That's what you're going to do. The offense right now is going to be Hawkinson and Swift. It's oh, a lot. It's a lot of pressure to put on uh, players like that. But like I said, Hawkinson's going to be a stud. It doesn't really matter. Um, Hawkinson can do whatever he wants to do. He is going to be like Travis Kelsey. And uh, so, and Mr. Hayward, by the way, you heard it here first. Tyler Hayward said that TJ Hawkinson is the next Travis Kelsey. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, not say, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's going to be like Kelsey, you know, lead the league in receiving or anything like that as a tight end. Oh, he's our Kelsey. Okay. He's, he, he is a slightly lesser version of Kelsey. I think that. Uh, <laughs> in regards to the numbers that he's going to get, but he has the ability. He, he has that ability. It's there. He's going to be one of the top four tight ends in the NFL and behind Kittle, Kelsey, and Waller. And I truly believe that. Um, and so Hawkinson's going to be big. We don't know how the staff, what the staff thinks of DeAndre Swift yet. That's going to be pivotal as well. If you plan on using Swift a lot, guess what you need? You need an offensive line to clear the way for him. And having that ability, that flexibility to either put him in at guard or at left guard right away, or if he's good enough to play left tackle, moving Taylor Decker over to the right side, that would be huge for Swift, especially on plays where – Swift is more of an outside type of guy, so you want to run it off tackle to have those two guys as your tackles. Because I don't think Decker's a great left tackle. I think he could be a pretty good right tackle. And so, I to ha- move one of those guys. I mean, that's yeah. that's about all that we know that. Yeah, you, yeah. If anybody moves, I, I think it's going to be Decker. And so, I think he can be a good right tackle. Uh, we saw that evolution with uh, Jack Conklin when Taylor Lewan was in Tennessee already, and they drafted Conklin and they put Conklin over on the right side. Conklin uh, didn't allow a sack at Michigan State during his last year, 
and then uh you know you move and you're like wow this kid's built to be a left tackle built to be a left tackle well then he goes to tennessee he goes on the right side and he looks really really good i I see that a little bit i see that a little bit in taylor decker so you move decker to the right side you have sewell on the left you have a running back who needs to get the ball on the outside in deandre swift i think that uh it's built to run kind of like the rams who Look, they have good receivers, but they weren't great. I want to let me add this real quick, and I know you don't have a ton of time. Like when I was thinking about our show today, I thought there's a there's got to be a team like everybody mimics somebody. That's just how it is, and you try to follow suit from a team. Like, hey, that was successful there. Maybe it can work here. Uh, Patricia thought we should just go the Patriots way. Look, everybody's doing it though. Everybody tries to do something that other teams are doing, and they try to mimic certain things. Okay. Mimic success, yeah. But mimic success, it's, you have to. I mean, it's it's in every sport. Um, you know, AJ Hinch was stealing signs now the white side. So that's just kind of how it goes. But the the biggest thing that I was thinking about Tyler was Tennessee. Like you start loading up on the O line, Derrick Henry. I know Swift is not Derrick Henry. I get that. But the thing that I was thinking was, oh, if we just had receivers. Because they've got receivers, though, too. And that's the thing that kind of separated them. Is I mean, Henry, they're going to give him the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's just give him the ball and he'll make it happen. And But that old line, we are starting to look a little bit like that, which does excite me. Like, that excites me because I do think DeAndre Swift's going to be really good. I don't know if he's going to be great, though, but I think there's a potential there. But mm-hmm. would you agree with me a little bit, Tyler? Like we're kind of following that physical Tennessee Titans approach. I think our class can be very similar to what they're doing. Pound, they want to play action and go deep. Uh, Tannehill, you know, like look, you know, he's he's not wasn't really great, you know. I mean, Jared Goff could maybe do that. He's not as athletic, obviously, but Tannehill's turned out to be like a big name guy now. You know, he's people love him now, where they hated him for a while, but. You know, am I kind of off base here that we're kind of maybe following that Tennessee Titan way or or am I on track here? No, I, I think you're on track. They want them to be a physical team. And Tannehill's another example of a guy who needed stuff around him to be successful. Uh, you know, he had, he had a couple of receivers and stuff like that in Miami, but it just didn't work out for him. And so he goes to Tennessee, gets away from Adam Gase, which obviously was a bigger part of it than I think people want to admit. Yeah. Um, but he, he got to a place that has a good line, got to a place that has a running back. And because of that, because of the attention on a guy like Derrick Henry, it opens A.J. Brown up. A.J. Brown, I mean, for my money, is one of the top five receivers in the league. A.J. Brown is incredibly underrated because he's, you know, second fiddle to Henry. But while you have that receiver, it all starts with the running game. Receivers can get open based on the running game. And I think that's kind of what this uh, new regime for Detroit is trying to do. Um, I don't know if Swift is going to be the guy to do it. I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to stay off for a minute so the listeners can hear. I'm just going to get off for a second. Keep talking, though. Yeah, so I think that uh, I think this is something that the uh, new regime is trying to do. I don't know if Swift is going to be able to be that guy, but I think that uh, 
I think that the Lions are uh, definitely trending in that direction a little bit. And like I said, you don't have that A.J. Brown yet, but you definitely have the ability to get that type of guy in free agency next year. You have that ability to get a uh, another receiver in the draft this year to just solidify your core a little bit, even though it's already not the greatest because Tyrell Williams is one. And look, I agree with you in that aspect, Jeremy. Uh, I agree with you that uh, Tyrell Williams can't carry the can't carry the flag for this receiver group, but he's definitely got the. Uh, Thank you. But he's definitely got all the tools to be a number two guy. And so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Like I said, Williams isn't one of those guys who uh, can carry the flag as a receiver. But if this is – but right now it's just too late to try to get that number one. And so I like where this franchise is heading. Uh, these receivers are – if you're able to get space, you can be a quality receiver. And the way the game is going, the way offenses are designed – it's easier to get space. And so, and we saw Quintez Cephas. Uh, if he, we, we don't like even him. know what, we, we don't even know what type of, you know, step forward he's going to take. If he takes a monster step forward, this team might like, maybe that's part of the reason they didn't go that route. I know, like I said, at the beginning of the show, they tried to trade for Jamar Chase, but maybe that was part of the reason they didn't go that route is because they also like the development of Cephas. Yeah, I'm not going to be super pessimistic always. I know I am a lot. It's probably because I live here. Well, but, it's because yeah, we're no, Lions. Fans. Uh, you know, it, I still live in this state, too, and this place stinks. So, you know, I mean, honestly, I think he made a great point because I talked about Quintez Cephas a lot in the past. I think he could be a good player. I, I loved him at Wisconsin. He's a big body. Was he 6'5", you know, 6'4", 6'5", maybe 6'3", to the low end. I mean, he's a big receiver. We got good size of receiver. Perriman's 6'2", you know, he's not a small guy. You know, with these receivers that are 5'9", 5'10", that are those, those quick slot receivers, we've got big receivers. And I will be very happy as much as I'm a little worried that he was hurt. If we go around Moore, my whole tune changes. Because if he's healthy, Rondell Moore is a Breaking stud. news. Breaking news unrelated to the Detroit Lions. Amoni Bates has decided to reopen his commitment. We're wow. going to talk about that tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. That was... Wow. Um, well, is, Matt, that, is, is Matt Prater still in Detroit? Because I feel like I just got kicked in the nuts by him. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I mentioned on an uh, early uh, solo show, I said... Uh, the reason why I wanted playmakers because we don't have our main playmaker. It's Prater. I said that. I said, oh, God, we can't win by field goals now, so we need guys to put the ball in the end zone. So that's part of the other reason. That was something I mentioned in the solo show. But, um, Tyler, how much time you got? I know you got to get running soon, right? About you got a couple more 20 minutes? seconds. Oh, 20 seconds. Well, that's great that's, insight. That, that's more of a meltdown about the bait thing than it is anything else. Well, give me a minute, though, then. Just give me a minute because I do want to end on that. Now, this is the thing that people got to realize, and this is something that I hope Spartan fans hear because it's off topic, but they need to hear this. And I'm just going to say it, and I don't care. I don't like him being at Michigan State for Michigan State. Do I like him being there for our state and the hype of it? Yes, 
I do. I don't think that kid is going to be what people think, guys. I just don't. Do I hope it works out for him? Yes. I want to see a kid from here do well. But I'm seeing people talking to people about this, and everybody is telling me the same thing. They're very worried that this kid is overhyped. For his sake, for Michigan State's sake, he was going. I don't think this is something that's going to hurt Michigan State. I don't think it's going to hurt in recruiting. I think people are starting to realize there's a lot of kids out there that are just as good as him and are pretty even better. So I don't think that this is going to hurt Michigan State at all. I never really thought it would. The only thing I think that it was and he didn't pan out. I think this is better, Michigan State fans. I think if he doesn't go there and he doesn't pan out, good for you. If he does pan out, I don't think it will hurt Michigan State. If it if he went to Michigan State, Tyler, and it didn't work out, then you're screwed because now you get blamed for it. I just wanted to say that because I've said this for a while now. I didn't like the fit for Tom Izzo and you guys. I thought that you guys could have went a different route, and I actually think this is going to be a positive for Michigan State. Yeah, and uh, look, that's something that I'm going to need to wrap my mind around. <laughs> you know, we're we going to try to – we can try to do this tomorrow. You're free yeah. tomorrow, right? Yeah, let's. We got it. This is breaking, so we're gonna have to jump on it. And honestly, um, this is very important. So, um, you know, I, I think uh, we could start the show tomorrow. We'll bring that to your guys' attention. Again, this is the Life and Ball podcast. We'll go trouble with the snap with that, obviously, Tyler. And uh, you know, I will be free afternoon. So, look, we're busy parents. We're trying to fit this stuff in for you guys. I really appreciate you liking and sharing, and you could comment on this. This Detroit Lions draft thing is going to be going on. But wow, talk about a absolute shocker, though, to many. Imani Bates reopens up his recruitment. I'm not fully surprised, but then again, I think a lot of us thought that there was. You know, he was going to go to Michigan State. So, uh, you put your thoughts together, and we'll get on this tomorrow, and we'll uh, we'll bring it to everybody's attention. One o'clock tomorrow. Uh, you can even go twelve fifteen. Twelve, yeah, twelve fifteen. We could go. I'll get done with my. Good. All right, we'll talk to me, Monty Base tomorrow. Thanks for listening, guys. This was part two of Detroit Lions first round coverage. We probably will bring up some more on the lab as well. Thanks for Tyler Hayward joining me. This is the Life of Ball podcast.